You're listening to episode 244 of the Create and Thrive podcast. I've been fully self-employed for almost 11 years and I've been working at home that whole time. Today I want to talk about 10 tips for those of you who are new to working from home or perhaps those of you who've been doing it for a while and are struggling a bit. These 10 tips that I'm going to share today are things that I learned the long and hard way that have made a huge difference to my own productivity and happiness. This episode is also available as a video over on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to check that out, head on over to youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den to watch that right now. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. The very first thing you need to do here is actually throw out the window the ideas you have about what a working day or week should look like. Especially if you are transitioning from traditional employment, you have to realize that you don't need to bring all of the routines and habits and rules from the job into working from home. Uh, Now, obviously, if you have a job still and you are working from home, you're going to have to abide by the hours that your employer sets. But for those of us who are completely self-employed, you can throw the rule book completely out the window. And what I want you to do very first, the very first thing before we get into the rest of this, is actually sit down and spend some time thinking about what would my ideal day look like and perhaps what would my ideal week look like? Now, this can be really difficult to do. It's taken me kind of quite a few years (laughs) to break a lot of the habits that I learned from traditional employment and just the stories that you get told by culture, like you have to work five days a week, you have to work from nine to five, you have to work, uh, you know, the same way every day. None of these things are true, especially if you're self-employed. You are now the boss. This is the most exciting and simultaneously the most terrifying thing about working from home, being self-employed. It's all up to you. You get to craft what your day looks like. You get to craft what your week, month, year, and so on looks like. So if you haven't actually taken the time to sit down and really think about what would work for you and what changes you might like to make with your working schedule and what sort of, you know, how much working do you really want to do? Like, what's the point of all this? Why are you self-employed? Is it because you want more freedom? Is it because you want to make more money? Is it because you don't have a choice? There's lots of reasons. So take the time to sit down and think through exactly what you would like your life to look like going forward. And that is going to impact all of the decisions you make and all of these future tips that I'm going to be sharing with you today. So number two, you can get up whenever you want. (laughs) You don't have to get up early. The early bird catches the worm, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. As long as you get the work done that you need to get done, you can do whenever you want. You can get up whenever you want in the morning. Now, obviously, if you have kids or other responsibilities, that's going to impact this. But if you're like me, I can get out of bed whenever the hell I want. And you know, for years I kind of toyed with the, oh, should I be getting up earlier and getting my day started earlier and being more productive? 
I'm not a morning person and I've just embraced the fact that I'm not a morning person and run with it. <laughs> I get out, I wake up maybe seven o'clock in the morning, seven, eight. So I'm not a super sleeper in but I don't get out of bed till like 8.30, maybe nine. You know, I like a slow start to my morning. So what sort of morning do you want? What sort of time do you want to wake up? What sort of routine or ritual do you want to have in the morning? Are you the sort of person who wakes up and you're bright and cheerful and ready to roll and you want to dive straight into getting some work done? Or are you more like me and you kind of are a bit sloth-like when you wake up in the morning and you need time for your brain to switch on and for your body to warm up? Uh, So have a think about that. Think about what time you want to get up, what time works with your life and your schedule. And don't buy into this idea that somehow your value or your worth as a human being is in any way linked to the time you get up in the morning because honestly I can tell you when it comes to being successful it really doesn't matter as long as you get your work done. With that in mind let's talk about number three which is have work hours. Set some sort of routine whether that's a daily or weekly routine. Decide what hours you want to work and try to stick to it. You know, it really makes life easier if you do have systems, routines, habits, because it reduces the friction. Now, this is especially important when you are self-employed and working from home because nobody else is telling you what to do. And if you are constantly changing up your routines, what you're doing every day, you're going to be constantly pushing against willpower and you're going to be constantly trying to, you know, convince yourself to get stuff done. Whereas when you develop a routine and a schedule, you don't have to convince yourself to work anymore. You just know, well, it's 11 o'clock. It's time to do this. You know, you, you, it becomes effortless. It becomes a nice, easy glide through the day because you don't have to then every single hour think, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? You just know what the flow of the day and of the week is. So as I said earlier, throw out the idea that you have to work Monday to Friday, nine to five. I do not. Many people do not. It may not work for you and your schedule. You know, my husband who works with me full time from home as well. So it's nice. We're both in the same situation and have been for the last decade. Uh, we have experimented with lots of different sort of structures of weeks. So we were like, oh, well, maybe we'll work one day of the weekend and have an extra day off during the week. But then, you know, you are kind of stuck with the fact that the rest of the world is not necessarily doing what you're doing. So if you want to see your friends, chances are you're going to have to do it on the weekend. So you're going to have to plan your days and your weeks in alignment with your personal circumstances and with the lifestyle that you want to live. So maybe Monday to Friday makes sense because that's what everybody else is doing and it's just easier to roll with that. Or maybe you don't need to work five days a week. Where where is this idea that we need to work five days a week? If you're getting the work you need to do done in less time, spend less time working. We have been experimenting with a four day work week for a couple of months now. We've kind of toyed with it before, but we never committed to it. This time we were like, right, we're going to commit to it. Friday is not a work day. Uh, we're having a long weekend and that therefore we have to get everything done Monday to Thursday. So far, it's been brilliant. It's been working really well and we've been just as productive as we ever were before. We just don't skive off quite as much during the workday <laughs> because we know we have to get stuff done in a shorter period of time. And it's, I think it's the, is it the Pareto principle or is that the 80-20 thing? I don't know. There's the principle where Uh, work will expand to fill the time you allow it to to have so by constraining your work day you may find that you get just as much done in less time and you have more free time to do other things 
So the same goes with your days. Like you don't have to work eight hours a day. Maybe some days you need to work 12 hours a day and other days you need to work four hours a day. This can fluctuate as well. Like you should, you should have a routine and a, and a kind of general system, but don't be afraid to, to, for some days to be bigger and some days to be less. And even throughout the year, especially if you're a maker, you know, pre-Christmas is going to always be busiest because you're going to be getting the most um, orders. So you just know that that's going to be a busy time of year and you have to spend more time working. And just going with that ebb and flow instead of trying to fight against it or instead of it being a surprise every single year oh my god it's it's you know november i'm so busy well yeah that's what happens every year so prepare for it and make sure that you're ready for it and just accept that that's the way it's going to be at this time of year and that way you reduce the friction so what sort of workday do you want i'll give you an example of mine so i like i said i get up around somewhere between eight and nine sometimes a little bit later depending on the day and then i generally will go have do my workout so most most work days i'll go downstairs to my gym and i'll do a workout then i'll have a shower um, I'll have a shake and then I will sit down if I finish my workout before lunchtime <laughs> uh, which I don't always manage to do if I'm running a bit behind but generally speaking I'll finish by about 11 and then I'll sit down and I'll do some admin and get that stuff out of the way so you know responding to emails uh, answering sort of questions or dealing with Facebook comments in my membership community the Thriver Circle and that way when I sit down after lunch I'm free and clear of all that sort of stuff that could be buzzing around in my brain distracting me and then I get a solid three to four hours work done after lunch and yes we sit down for lunch together and dinner together every day and I'll talk more about that in a minute so that's my work day that's after years of development that's what I've come up with that works really well for me so I probably work somewhere between four to five hours a day depending on the day some days it's a bit shorter some days it's a bit longer but generally speaking i work between the hours of 10 and 4. sometimes i'll go a little bit you know longer than that some evenings i have a call or a workshop that i'm doing in the evening or a chat and that's just an additional hour of work that i know i have so this is why you know it's that balance between having habits and systems while also being somewhat flexible can be really useful and you know I don't have to force myself to do anything because I think that's one of the things people talk about being the most difficult when it comes to being self-employed and working from home is forcing myself to work. If you have a routine and a habit set in place and work hours, you don't have to force yourself to work. You just will because that's what happens at 11 a.m. in the morning. So it makes life a lot easier. Number four, this is an incredibly important one. And I think this is becoming a lot easier now given COVID and the fact that so many more people are working from home. It's sort of been a bit of a cultural shift. And that is you need to set boundaries for yourself and for other people. So that is where, you know, having those work hours is really, really handy because you need to tell everybody around you, this is my work time. You know, I work between these hours. I'm not free to have a chat or for you to drop in and talk to me or want to have a coffee or so on and so on and so on. You know, I'm not free to go off and do yard work for an hour <laughs> at one o'clock in the afternoon because that's my work time. So you have to have the boundaries first. You have to set the boundaries for yourself, the routines, habits that I was just talking about before going, okay, these are my work hours during this time. That's what I'm going to be doing. And then you need to communicate that 
um, forcefully perhaps sometimes to the people around you that might be the people you live with it might be friends and family who are kind of like oh you work at home you just you know I can talk to you anytime you're not you're not doing anything important right (laughs) no you know you are doing something important you're actually trying to pay your bills and your mortgage and keep yourself fed so it's pretty important Uh, so don't let other people's priorities OPP, don't let other people's priorities come along and steamroll over the top of yours and over the top of the work that you need to get done. So you need to be the strong one here. And I know for some people, this is very difficult because you're used to giving into other people's priorities all the time. For others of us, it's not so difficult because we have good, strong boundaries. um, And that's going to vary between people. But I'm telling you now, you need to have these boundaries in place and you need to communicate them strongly to the people around you. The first six years that I was self-employed working from home, we actually lived on the same property as my parents. And in the first sort of year or so, my mum really didn't get the memo that I was working. She would just wander over and want to sit down and have a chat or whatever. And I'd be like, mum, I'm working. I can't, I can't do this right now. So I said, hey, how about a compromise? Once a fortnight, we'll go out together and have, you know, go to the cafe and have a good talk and you know of course I saw it in the morning and the evening as well and could talk then but she wanted sort of that special time with me and so by coming up with a a way around that that we both were happy with that was a good solution so that might be the same in your life there might be people who uh, want your attention and you just have to work out a way that they get what they want you get what you want and everybody's happy so really be strong with yourself and with other people and this goes for your customers as well you shouldn't be replying to customer emails at 3 a.m you know that's not the most healthy behavior unless of course you're you work at 3 a.m and that's your normal work time more power to you but generally speaking you want to set these boundaries around work hours and work time and that's when you should be doing your work and then when you're not working you shouldn't be doing your work Okay, so it's it's about making that balance. And it's a a constant thing because when you do work at home and you are self-employed, it's very, very easy to blur the lines between work and the rest of life. And in some ways, there's not in some ways, it's an arbitrary line. Like my work is part of my life, you know, but I do like to make some separation because there's other things I want to be spending my time and effort on. Now, just a side note of this, I'm not a parent. I don't have small children. I know for those of you who have small children at home, this is going to be very difficult. Uh, I'm sure you have strategies that you use to deal with that. You know, ideally that two parents are home and you can swap out as to who the primary, you know, go-to parent is. Maybe there's another person in your neighborhood or another person you know who you can swap switch off childcare duties with you know kids can go to their house one day and your house another day who knows there's lots of solutions or childcare, but you're going to have to work out the best solution for you and I know a lot of parents you know do their best work when their kids are napping for example and again that's a phase of life that we we just have to flow through so I can't give you any advice on that but the sort of same things apply um, with with kids spouses mothers fathers <laughs> friends you know you, you have to work out how you can set boundaries and limits so that you can actually prioritize that work time and get the work done during that time so then you have time free for the rest of your life and your your people and a great question to ask people who sort of push against this is if i was doing whatever your old job is you know if you were a, 
a doctor or if you were um, a Macca's worker or if you worked in retail or if you were a nurse, whatever, a traditional job, just say to them, you know, if I was still doing XYZ job, would you just call me in the middle of the workday? Would you just drop by my place of employment and expect me to drop everything and have lunch with you? No, because you know I'm at work. Well, it's the same thing. I'm at work during these hours. It's very important to me to get my work done so that I can have other downtime. And so just use that one question. I think it's a really powerful question and it sort of changes people's perspectives and like, oh, this is your job. You're not just sitting around eating chocolate, watching the TV all day. Hey, do you sell on Etsy or want to sell on Etsy? If so, I have something really exciting coming up for you. I've got a three part workshop series happening in early November and it's a live workshop series and it's part of the Etsy U program. So Etsy this year has curated a bunch of Etsy sellers that they've invited to be part of the Etsy U program. They've provided me with a whole bunch of training modules and I am now passing that knowledge on to you as part of the Etsy U kind of instructor program. So that's happening early November. I'm going to be doing workshops on social media, photography, and branding three really important parts of the success on Etsy puzzle. And as I said, these live workshops are completely free. If you would like to take part, register your interest today by heading over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsyu. That's createandthrive.com forward slash E-T-S-Y-U. And you can pop your email address in there to get notified more about these workshops, exactly when they're happening, exactly what's happening, and how you can participate and be part of this live workshop series for free. So head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsyu. I'll tell you a little bit more about the program, how I became part of it, and exactly what I'm going to teach you throughout this live workshop series in early November. I hope I'll see you there. It's going to be awesome fun and we're going to learn a lot. Right, number five is to have a dedicated workspace if possible. I can't stress how important this is and how helpful it is when it comes to making the mental shift between not work and work time. Uh, now, the, again, this first six years when we lived on my parents' property, we lived in the barn. So we had literally two rooms that we lived in, plus some room outside in the bigger part of the barn for our actual jewellery um, like soldering station and stuff but we had we lived in two rooms so one room was our bedroom slash nick's office the other room was our lounge slash kitchenette slash my office so i had my my desk and my computer in that room nick had his desk and computer in the other room we still managed to have that separation in that tiny tiny space so I think almost anybody can do this. Even if it's just like a tiny desk in a corner somewhere, that is your workspace. Now, obviously, if you're a crafter, things are going to be a bit different depending on your craft. You know, do you need a whole room for it? If you're a, um, a ceramicist, for example, you've got a kiln, you've got all the things, you're going to need like a whole room for that. Uh, if you're a jeweler like me, you could probably work on a small in a small area on a table somewhere. If you're a knitter, you can work anywhere you want, really. So this is going to be variable but generally speaking for like your desk work and um it's real and any sort of other intellectual sort of thinky work <laughs> work where you really need to focus and 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 
think through things and make plans, etc. It's really helpful to have a dedicated space for that because when you sit down at that space, your brain is like, oh, it's work time now. You, again, you're trying to reduce the friction and make life easier for yourself so you're not having to convince yourself that this is work time. And this is where it can be a bit tricky where if you like work on your phone most of the time because it's very difficult to make the switch. You're probably constantly switching between skiving off doing you know i don't know looking on instagram with checking emails and that's not particularly productive in the long scheme of things and you might find yourself just getting burnt out with it all so by having that dedicated workspace it can really help you get into the right frame of mind to be productive now if for some reason or another you just cannot dedicate a workspace then uh, a good solution or way around that is to have some sort of work ritual so maybe you know you get your laptop out you get a glass of water light a candle and you sit down at your kitchen table whatever it might be and that signals to your brain it's work time now and then when you shut your laptop you put everything away it's the end of the work day so having some sort of ritual in place of uh, an actual place and this, this is probably a good thing for those of you who might be nomadic or in the past or in the future, maybe um, nomadic workers. You don't necessarily have a space, but you have a routine or a ritual that helps you get into the right headspace to get your work done. And again, you will find that it's much easier to sit down and focus on your work if you have that in place. Number six go for a daily walk. I cannot stress how important this is. Now, this is on top of any other exercise, workouts, sports that you do. Those are not what I'm talking about here. Those are important as well. Uh, I firmly believe in the importance of physical exercise for mental acuity. But the daily walk is incredibly important for a couple of reasons. The first one being is when you go from having a job or going somewhere for work, to working from home, you lose a hell of a lot of incidental movement. Just the, the little bits of walking you do to get to your place of work, you know, maybe during the lunch hour to go out and get something to eat, you lose all of that incidental exercise and you might not realize how quickly uh, that'll make a difference to your health and your sense of well-being. So by going for that daily walk, you're getting that incidental exercise back into what's well, not incidental anymore, <laughs> but you're replacing that incidental exercise with deliberate movement so that you can keep that the health benefits of that incidental exercise in your life. And it's not only really great for your physical health, it's also excellent for your mental well-being because you're getting out of the house. <laughs> Otherwise, you might literally might not leave your house for weeks on end, potentially. Um, and I know, obviously, in COVID times, this is something that some of us, um, you know, in lockdowns, the daily walk literally might be the only chance you're allowed to leave your house or the, the only reason you're allowed to leave your house. So... You know, I before I sort of instituted the daily walk as a habit, I literally could go a week without leaving my house. <laughs> so it starts to wear on you as much of an, an introvert as I am. It sometimes starts to get a bit much being in the same space for that amount of time. So it gets you out of the house. It gets you out in the fresh air, hopefully, um, depending on where you're walking, of course. It, it gets your body moving and it gets your brain revved up as well. There's, you know, so much written about how walking can help you think better and how ideas can come while you're walking like some of the greatest thinkers were walkers as well and I find that you know sometimes I'll listen to a podcast sometimes I'll just walk without any 
distraction and it's amazing the sort of ideas that can pop into your head when you're just allowing your your mind free reign to just think and not do anything else because most of the rest of the time we're doing something or thinking about something or worrying about something whereas on that daily walk you can just let your brain have a rest and let it free associate and come up with new ideas or again just relax by listening to music or listen to a podcast whatever it might be this has been a really big game changer for me and it's something that if if I miss it for even a day I really notice the difference in my physical and mental well-being so I can't stress enough how much I recommend this as a routine to get into whether it's first thing in the morning uh, I do it at the end of the workday for me is my favorite time so I'll finish my daily work around four o'clock maybe a bit later and then I'll go for a walk for about an hour hour and a half every day and then I come home and have dinner and it's great so Strongly recommend the daily walk. Oh, I should also mention one more thing about walking is it reduces cortisol. So that's your stress hormone. Uh, So if you find yourself being very stressed, then a walk is a really, really great way to de-stress, especially walking in green areas. Um, The Japanese have this great word called Shinrin-yoku, and it means forest bathing. So it's this idea that you go out and just gently walk through a green space or a forest. Not only does it give you, you know, nice, fresh fresh oxygen, but just that gentle rhythm of walking can really de-stress us. And for many of us, especially in, you know, the current state of the world, getting a little bit of de-stressing in our lives can be incredibly important. Number seven is to curate a daily, preferably daily, possibly weekly habit or pastime that completely distracts you from work. I don't know about you, but especially in the first few years of my business, I found it really, really difficult to switch off and stop thinking about work. But it's important to do that to let your brain just have a rest. And also, you know what? A lot of my best ideas just pop into my head when I'm not thinking about work. So it's important to have that downtime. So this might be reading, it might be working out, it might be being part of a sports team, it might be another hobby, like craft hobby, as opposed to the thing you do for business. It might be watching Netflix. I don't know, whatever it might be. Something that helps you, absorbs you and completely distracts your mind from your work. So whatever it might be for you, for me at the moment, it's reading novels. It has been for many years. Every evening I'll pull up my Kindle. Uh, I have a Kindle Unlimited account, which gets worked really, really hard. And I will read a novel and that just takes me out of my world. I've always been a reader since I was really, really small child I've always loved reading stories and so that's one thing that I know will always work for me to distract me and suck me into another world and let me just leave any stresses or any worries from the workday behind and get myself into a different frame of mind the idea at the end of the day is to have some sort of activity that allows you to switch off the work brain and really stops you from getting burnt out because burnout is real I've been through it myself I don't recommend it and so that is one really important strategy to avoid it okay so number eight is to schedule and or share your chores it can be really easy to get distracted by the house stuff around you that needs to get done and therefore you get pulled away from doing your work stuff it's really important to separate those two things out and go this is time for chores house stuff this is time for work stuff now you may like to schedule time during the workday to do some chores you know hey you got to make lunch clean up after lunch maybe you need to put a load of washing on then an hour later 
you have an alarm set or the thing beeps at you and you know it's time to get up hang the washing out that's fine that's like little things that can be you know rolled into your work day but it's where you use that as a procrastination tool or you get distracted by it to the extent that you're not getting your work done is when it becomes difficult and also don't fall into this trap or expectation that just because you're the person working at home somehow you're suddenly responsible for all of the chores because you're working just as hard as someone else who's working outside of the home and this is where if you have a partner or a housemate or whatever it might be you need to sit down and sort of talk through all the work around the house that needs to be done negotiate who does what and actually have a system and a plan in place for doing that and it might be that you're like hey well I can do the washing because I'm home during the day so I can put the load on and hang them out and all that sort of stuff whereas when you come home you can do these other things easier said than done I know but it is really important Nick and I do this at the beginning of the week we have a meeting and we sit down and we go okay here's all of the jobs the work jobs we're doing this week and here's all of the home jobs that need to be doing this week who's doing what in both cases and then it's kind of up to us as to when we get them done or we negotiate when we need the other person to have a certain job done by and that works really well and it makes sure everything gets done so think about that think through that idea that you know, what are the, the, the home jobs that need to be done? Can you do some of them during the day so that it actually enhances your work routine? You know, it's that thing that allows you to get up every hour and move around and do something small uh, that might work really well. And it might just be that other jobs are someone else's responsibility. And I find this is a really good important thing the whole mental load idea like when a job is one person's responsibility it can weigh on you so by making sure that certain jobs are your responsibility and certain jobs are other people's responsibility even if it's not done it's not your problem (laughs) it's their problem to get it done and that can free your mental space up to focus on your work number nine kind of in the same sort of vein i strongly recommend you have structured meal times Again, it comes back to that system and routine and habits. It's really nice to have structured meal times every day so that you have that flow to your day. You know, breakfast at a certain time, lunch, and lunch can be a really great way of breaking up the workday and having having a rest, especially if you do work in the morning and in the afternoon as well. And it's important to your health as well to have a proper meal <laughs> at lunchtime and then another meal in the evening so have structured meal times and you know work out what works for you with food maybe you love cooking and so it's a really nice break for you in the middle of the work day just to get up and make your lunch and then sit down and eat it maybe watch the news that's what we do we sit down together and watch the news generally speaking at lunchtime it's the only time we watch the news during the day Uh, or maybe you just want to sit outside and enjoy the outdoors Uh, maybe if you do again work from home and your partner or housemates or family also work from home it's a nice opportunity to sort of come together again and have a little chat and break and then go back out and sort of do your own thing again and uh, if you struggle with food maybe if you work at home alone or you're solely responsible for your own meal times uh, I know when I was in this situation when I was younger and nobody was making me food I was terrible at kind of remembering to eat I was terrible at eating healthily I would I like during uni I pretty much subsisted on packet pasta and jar sauces because I just didn't enjoy cooking and I didn't really know how to cook uh, because 
I won't go into it, but my, my parents' cooking has never really been a, an interest of either of them. So yeah, so think about how it can work for you. Maybe meal prepping is a really good thing for you to do. You know, on a, on a weekend, you just prep all of your lunches or all of your dinners and have them pre-prepared. Or maybe one of those food ordering services, you know, U Foods or um, Light and Easy or whatever, where people, you know, you literally get your meals delivered to you and uh, you don't have to worry about cooking them you just eat them there's nothing wrong with that as long as they're good healthy meals so work out what works for you but just make sure that you do have those dedicated meal times that you're not forgetting to eat that you're because then your brain won't work properly and you'll find it hard to focus because you're not getting those hits of nutrients and also again it's just a nice opportunity to have a rhythm in your day and uh, have that opportunity to have a break in the work day number 10 my final tip now there are so many more tips I could give you about working from home and I'm seriously considering doing a follow-up video. So before I give you tip number 10, if there's any tips you have about working from home that's helped you, please leave them in the comments below. Or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, shoot me an email or hit me up um, on Instagram at create and thrive. Send me a DM with your tips uh, for working from home successfully. And uh, I might end up doing a second uh, edition of this with further tips. There is so much that can make your life more productive and more peaceful when it comes to working from home. But this last one I'll leave you with today is if you are, especially if you work at home alone during the day, so you don't have family around or friends or housemates around, I would strongly recommend you consider getting a pet or at the very least some house plants. <laughs> Because having another living thing in the house with you really helps. Uh, you know, I love having my two cats. Sometimes I'll just get up and have a break and I'll go lie down and cuddle with one of them for five minutes. And that'll just make me feel so much better. Give a, you know, get a little purr, maybe occasionally a little bite if I'm annoying them. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's It can be very uh, lonely and it can be very isolating if you are, especially if you're an extrovert. Now I'm an introvert, but even I you know struggle with it at times even though Nick's here with me all day every day we as I said we have breakfast together we go off and do our own thing we have lunch together go off and do our own thing come back and have dinner together so you know we see each other throughout the day obviously as well we have a cup of tea or whatever but even that you know having no other contact with other human beings for days on end can be difficult and I know for a lot of us and those of us who've been through or are going through lockdown situations, you may be experiencing this for the first time, but those of you who have been working from home or are going to plan on working from home, just realize that this can be an issue. And so, you know, having another living creature in the house can be really nice. Uh, and organizing times to catch up with your friends and family is really important as well. So whether that's in person, if you can, or via Zoom or just a good old fashioned phone call, whatever it might be, make sure to put the effort in to spend that time with other people and with friends and family and loved ones so that you don't find yourself getting really isolated and therefore um, getting sad or depressed because you're not having that human interaction or that interaction with other living creatures. Uh, it can make a really, really big difference. Uh, and I think it's a really important thing to just be aware of if you, if you find that creeping up on you to realize there is a solution and that you can overcome that just by making those connections with other people in whatever way is possible for you right now. So that's it. 
that's my 10 top tips for making a good transition from traditional employment to working from home, especially if you are self-employed. I hope you found some of that useful and helpful. Again, I would love your feedback. So let me know if you're watching the YouTube video, let me know in the comments below. If you're listening on the podcast, send me a DM on Instagram at Create and Thrive. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode. And if you are watching on YouTube again, please do give me a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks so much for watching and goodbye for now.